You're listening to the Liberty News Radio Network, and this is the Political Cesspool. The Political Cesspool, known across the South and worldwide as the South's foremost populist conservative radio program. And here to guide you through the murky waters of the Political Cesspool is your host, James Edwards. Crazy questions they're asking me. This is the craziest party that could ever be. Don't turn on the lights, cause I don't want to see. Mama told me to come. Mama told me to come. She said, I ain't no way to find Ladies and gentlemen, I do believe that will be my theme song for this year. <laughs> Welcome to 2024, first show of a brand new year that promises to be a year like none other. I'm James Edwards with Keith Alexander. It's Saturday evening, January the 6th, 2024, year of our Lord. Keith, this is the one we've been waiting for, and now it's beginning to unravel Hold on to your hats, folks. It's going to be a bumpy ride. Uh, it's uh, beginning to progress in real time now. Already, uh, right out of the gates, the Supreme Court saying they're going to take this uh, case with Trump, with these states throwing him off the ballot or saying he's ineligible to run. So we'll see what happens there. I don't expect too many surprises there. But, again, some of the things we've been anticipating already uh, heading towards resolution. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. Folks, by the way, First show of the new year, and we've already got something we want you to see. Go to thepoliticalcesspool.org, why don't you? We got a brand new banner up there celebrating what is now our 20th year on the radio. Check that out. Our webmaster uh, put that up and made it go live last night. If you're wondering about the color scheme, emerald green is the color for 20 years. You know, 25 is your silver anniversary. I think, what, 50 is gold, Uh so on and so forth. Twenty. I thought, I is, thought it was because green was the color of money. <laughs> well, we'd sure like to have some. That's for sure. Want to thank everybody who contributed, by the way, to our December Christmas fundraising drive. We've got a lot to get into tonight, and a lot of improvements. We have switched to a new clock. If you're listening live, you might have noticed we came on at five past the hour instead of eight. That's just one of the changes. Going to have less commercials in 2024 and more talk. <laughs> We're going to need every minute we can get out there. Uh, what else is going on in my notes here? Uh, just a bit. Yes, uh, if you send in your Christmas time contribution on or after Christmas, uh, there was a little bit of a delay with the postal service there in the month of December. We are getting out these uh, gifts to you. Everybody will have them here in the next few days. The last few people who donated before the end of the month, obviously your packages have not gone out yet, but we're not going to forget anybody. We're going to make sure everybody gets that wonderful gift uh, that we were offering as an incentive. So check uh, your mailboxes. That's going to happen. Uh, going to have some other show improvements, some new intros, some new ads, some new bumpers. Mentioned the new clock and the new uh, logo there at the top of the website. So we're already getting a nice little facelift and paint job and some other improvements production-wise behind the scenes. That being said, we've got a lot to talk about tonight. We're going to kick off this show with a bang, kick off this year rather with a bang. We're going to be talking about some news items that have interested us, some news stories that we are tangentially involved in, and uh, we're going to have a first-time guest, first show of the year. I guess making his first-time appearance. So who's that going to be? We'll let you know in the next hour. 
but I think he's a very interesting guy, and I think you want to listen to what he has to say. Now, I think uh, the first story I want to cover tonight, before we get into something a little more unfortunate, <coughs> is the fact that our friend Steve King has come out this week. I got a press release in my email. America First Patriot Steve King endorses Vivek Ramaswamy. Now, I think this might have surprised some people, and it offers us a chance at a good thought exercise. Interestingly, I want to tell you that going back till around Thanksgiving, I had it in mind to have Steve King on the show tonight to sort of handicap the uh, Iowa caucus. Uh, but we've got, a situ- we've got to cover the Knoxville Horror. It's the 16th anniversary, by the way, to the day of that unfortunate, that reprehensible black-on-white double rape and murder. We're going to talk about that. Uh, torture. But I was texting with Steve earlier this week, and we got him moved to Sam Bushman's show yesterday. And he spent an hour with Sam. you want to check it out at LibertyRoundTable.com, talking about why he endorsed Vivek. And it, it makes for us an interesting thought exercise, uh, Keith. This is one thing, though, that I've noticed about our audience, which is of such like mind with us on on so many of the issues. When it comes to voting, there's never a consensus. You know, I think in 2016, almost everybody voted for Trump. But other than that, sometimes it's third parties. Sometimes it's lesser of two evils. Sometimes let's go with the worst option and accelerate what uh, needs to happen. And uh, there's never really a consensus So on this. I think we're going to certainly have people in the audience that are going to look at this in from multiple angles. But in a hypothetical situation where you've got uh, you got a guy like what did Rick Tyler call him last week when he was and by the way wasn't that a fun show with all those guys last week Oh yeah we were we, a lot we, of fun. we covered the waterfront uh, What did uh, Rick Tyler call Vivek uh, the amazing Hindu or something like that What do you do when you got a guy who's non-white saying all the things we wish a white candidate would say Let's just say you got a hypothetical choice between Vivek a non-white and and uh, Chris Christie for instance yeah. uh, you know what do you do uh, this is what's interesting. Let's listen here first to the uh, endorsement by Steve King. This is Steve King in his own words. I've been looking for the strongest voice we have that will defend our Constitution and restore the pillars of American exceptionalism. That's Vivek Ramaswamy. Vivek is going to stand up and is standing up for the rights of we the people. He will build the wall on the border for real. And I'm asking you, to come with me on January 15th, caucus for Vivek Ramaswamy, the strongest voice we have to defend our Constitution and to reestablish America's destiny as Vivek Ramaswamy. Now, uh, let's listen to Vivek Ramaswamy uh, respond to a so-called journalist's question at a rally he had in Iowa about receiving the endorsement of white supremacist Steve King. And will you uh, denounce white supremacy? They pressed him on it two or three times. It's a very strong answer. Let's listen, and then we'll share with you our thoughts. Well, if we can get this thing to play, what's going on here? Why is, why is this not playing? Let's rewind this again. This is live radio, as we do like to prove every week. Given that you know he lost his primary by a sizable margin after those racist remarks came to life, do you expect the endorsement can actually help you on January 15th? I'm proud to have Steve King's endorsement, and I think that he has been wrongfully villainized by a media that not once has quoted the alleged racist remark or whatever it is that he made, and I just reject a lot of this mainstream media narrativing, but for my purposes, he and I have found common cause in issues that no other Republican candidate is speaking to against the CO2 pipeline using eminent domain 
to seize the land of innocent farmers who don't want that built in their backyards. Somebody who actually, before it was cool, was calling for building the wall. Now something we accept needs to be normalized policy in this country. And so, yes, I'm proud to have his endorsement. And I've met so many Iowans on the ground, very different than the media, who understand that somebody actually stood to represent their interests, saying the things that other people weren't willing to say on issues ranging from the carbon capture pipeline to actually securing our borders, to actually reviving our national identity and even making English the national language of the United States, which I agree with. And so I'm proud to have his endorsement. I'm not a political analyst. That's your job. Maybe you should try doing it. Okay, that was actually that was actually where that that was not the clip that I thought we had. I have the clip. I'm about to play it. Uh, that's him just answering. But again, that that's strong stuff. Now, when Steve King made this endorsement, already I had some third-rate reporters poking around, sending me media inquiries, asking about, "Hey, do I want to comment on Steve King?" If I had had Steve King on the show today, the whole thing you would have Vivek Ramaswamy having to answer for this, no doubt about it until he drops out of the race. And we deal with the news when it comes. I don't solicit the news. I don't solicit hit pieces. I'm not a shock jock that likes to go in and do things that I know will cause negative media attention that doesn't benefit our cause. If it benefits our cause, now you say, well, what about the Donald Trump Jr. interview? Yeah, we had him on because that campaign solicited that interview. Having Steve King on the show tonight would have just become a media news story, so we put him on with Sam. Did a great job. And by the way, he says, I don't expect Vivek Ramaswamy. Donald Trump's going to win Iowa. He admitted that. But he did want to see Vivek uh, come into second place uh, ahead of Nikki Haley and knock uh, knock that tear down a peg. That, anyway, he explains it all. Very well-reasoned. Very good interview yesterday on Sam Bushman's show. Well, it's all kind of academic because we know that Vivek is not going to win, but Vivek does have the best uh, – set of ideas of anybody in the Republican primary, including, quite frankly, Donald Trump. So I have no problem with Steve King endorsing him. I think he needs to be endorsed. I hope that he finds some type of place in the Trump administration if Trump is elected. Uh, We need Trump in there because Vivek, for all of his good ideas, does not provoke the left in the same way. Keith, exactly right. Now, you know I love Steve King. Steve's a friend of mine. But I... I don't think I'll vote in the primary, to be frank with you. I don't love Trump enough to, you know, take an effort to go vote for him on a primary that he's going to win by a, by a mile in Tennessee. I'll vote for him in the general. Uh, we already got a break here. Okay, uh, when we come back, uh, it, but I agree with you 100%. Trump provokes our enemies to anger in a way that nobody, even Vivek or other people who are a little maybe stronger on the issues. Brother Kapner talked about that in his interview. Got to take a break. We'll We'll talk about that too. too. So much to get to. First show of the year. Stay tuned. Antelope Hill Publishing is America's leading publisher of dissident books, bringing you a wide variety of new translations and original works on every subject from the Spanish Civil War to the funding behind the transgender movement. Antelope Hill publishes books that mainstream publishers won't touch, full of information that challenges the political status quo and brings real culture to the reading public at an affordable price. If you count yourself as a political dissident, then you owe it to yourself to check out the Antelope Hill catalog with exclusive offerings like Rebel Mountain by Kurt Eggers, a brand new reprint of the infamous You Gentiles by Marie Samuel, and now the treatise of a January 6th prisoner in the American regime... There is something there for everyone, and new titles are added every month. Check out the complete catalog today at antelopehillpublishing.com. 
That's antelopehillpublishing.com. I'm James Edwards, and I want you to check out antelopehillpublishing.com. Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies, John 8, 44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then, the more they use the lie, the more they reproduce the lie. The more spiritual power they get. Now look, the media is a lie multiplier. And this multiplication gives more evil spiritual power to the beast. That power protects the cells of the beast from prosecution. Why isn't Hillary in prison? She is protected. We must restore our national relationship with God. Truth is sacred in the kingdom. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. Isaiah 9, 6. A message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. singing that song by November of this year, but let's get back to it. Got a lot to cover tonight, and I don't want to spend too much time on this, but it did interest me, and I did talk to Steve about this this week. Uh, so Vivek Ramaswamy, let's play this clip where he answers. This is the clip I thought I was playing a moment ago, uh, but that clip was fine, too, that we actually did play. This is a Washington Post reporter asking him a couple, three times here to condemn white supremacy, and this is what Ramaswamy had to say. Let me make sure I got the dead gum sound up this time in the studio, uh, and we'll uh, see. Here we go. I'm not, I'm not going to recite some catechism for you. I'm against vicious racial discrimination in this country. So I'm not pledging allegiance to your new religion of modern wokeism, which actually fits, fits the test. I'm not going to bend the knee to your religion. I'm sorry. I'm not asking you to bend the knee to mine, and I'm not going to bend the knee to yours. But do I condemn vicious racial discrimination? Yes, I do. Am I going to play your silly game of gotcha? No, I'm not. And frankly, this is why people have lost Trust. And I know you're going to go print the headline tomorrow. I already know this. We already know how your game works. Vivek Ramaswamy refuses to condemn white supremacy because you asked a stupid question. The reality is I condemn vicious racial discrimination in this country. But the kind of vicious and systematic racial discrimination we see today is discrimination on the basis of race in a very different direction. That's beautiful. Now, listen, that's beautiful. He's saying he's, he's owning them. And then he's saying, but by the way, I do oppose racial discrimination. And by the way, it's anti-white racial discrimination is what's going on right now. Hold on, you got to turn on that mic. John, can you hear me now? Go. Okay, yeah, he is uh, the strongest of the candidates. The only topic that he will not come in uh, strong and be counted on is Jewish power and influence. Of course, nobody well, can... He's hardly alone on that one. Well, that's what I'm saying. Everybody is that way. You cannot run for president, uh, uh, you know, Republican, Democrat, or Independent unless you bow the knee to Israel. Now, he doesn't bow the knee to political correctness and... Uh, I don't think he totally bows the knee on the civil rights movement. He's not going to call Martin Luther King a jerk, which is what he was. But on the <laughs> other hand, uh, 
you know, it is strong. It is really refreshing to hear somebody come up with something new, not the typical Chris Christie, uh, Nikki Haley, Ron DeSantis, uh, uh, you know, uh, genuflecting to the left. Now, uh, again, on this, I like this. Uh, our friend never misses a show. Uh, attorney in the Washington D.C. area, great guy. Uh, he writes, he's uh, communicating with us in real time right now. Vivek doesn't have a chance, but he's saying all the right things. He reminds me of that French Algerian Jew who did the same, and you'll remember him. But, uh, the, uh, see, again, Steve King's not endorsing him, expecting him to win Iowa. He even admitted that on Sam's show yesterday. What he's saying is he wants us to help him to where he can stay in play in politics in, in, into the future. Well, I don't quite think frankly, anybody... he's the only person that makes the Republican primary debates interesting. If, if if it were just uh you know Chris Christie, Nikki Haley, Ron DeSantis, uh Mike Pence, people like that, it'd be a snooze fest. I like what Jason Kessler said in response to this uh, clip that we just played, where he is really giving a strong answer. Now Donald Trump always strongly handled the media too, and again, as I say. I'm going to vote for Trump because he provokes the left to anger. And when you're provoked to anger, you make mistakes. And I think that they have made mistakes. And that's why we need. I'll just say this. Trump was not as strong as Vivek. No, no, he's not. Absolutely. No, he's not. There's no doubt about it. Jason Kessler wrote this in response to the clip we just played. If Republicans had the courage to use this rhetoric 10 or 15 years ago, maybe there would have been a chance of going back to some sort of a colorblind America. But the anti-white cancer has already metastasized, and we need strong white identity identity politics. As a defense, he's right. Well, see, the reason they will not go back to colorblindness is they know that if you enforce colorblindness, black people would still be at the back of the bus. They would not get top positions. They would not get positions like Claudine Gay to be president of Harvard or anything else of that nature. You know, when it comes to academic prowess and whatnot, they're just not there, okay? Uh, They don't have it. So consequently, they cannot allow themselves. They know it. The people that are supporting uh, so-called uh, racial justice and whatnot, they know that if they had a meritocracy, they know that if they had a colorblind society, that they would still be coming in dead last in the horse race. Uh, so interesting, again, I can't overstate this, the presidential election season, the primary season, or this is technically a caucus, but you know, for all intents and purposes, it's when Iowa votes uh, or makes its choice for the nominee known, it's a week and a half from now. I mean, this is this is I think next a week from Monday, something like that. And so you know, Ron DeSantis said that forty million dollars had been spent by his Republican opponents against him. See, this is what is wrong with American politics today. If it takes forty million dollars in order to uh, just go through one primary, the smallest and most inconsequential primary of them all then there's something desperately wrong with our election. Well, that's, that's a whole other topic. But let's, uh, let's, let's uh, read this from the press release, the official press release announcing Steve King's endorsement. Uh, this came in on January the 2nd is when I received it. But uh, it reads, uh, Today, former Iowa congressman, grassroots conservative leader, and American First Patriot Steve King endorsed Vivek Ramaswamy for the 2024 Republican presidential nomination. Most people are sheep when it comes to making endorsements, but Steve doesn't do what he's supposed to. He votes his conscience, and that's why I respect him. Steve King has America, was America first before it became cool. The likes of Steve King and Pat Buchanan were the OGs, that means originals. He doesn't back down from a fight, and he certainly doesn't bow to the establishment, said Vivek Ramaswamy. Now that, again, he's, he's citing, uh, invoking the name of Pat Buchanan here. So this, again, brings us to the question. What do you do? Now, you put the hypothetical question out to the general public. 
or to this audience, I should say, the general public, that's a different, different animal. But to this audience, you say, do you vote for the guy who's saying all the things you want? Or do you vote for a white, do you vote for Biden? Well, and then quite rightly, someone would respond, and I might respond myself saying, well, I don't, I don't necessarily choose either. I want a guy who shares my cultural and racial and spiritual heritage. I don't, you know, want to, but I think if you had to choose, what do you choose in this case? You know, I, you know again, speaking of Buchanan, he had a, a black woman uh, who was actually a fine lady. I knew her. Uh, but it was Zola a okay, 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 that's fine, but I, I did not vote for Pat because of it. No, what we need to understand about... Well, uh, and also this, about 45 people yeah. <laughs> that said they wouldn't run with him, but anyway. Well, well, see, it's like the situation with George Santos, uh, you know, being knocked out of the uh, congressional delegation for Congress. And who do the Republicans pick? They pick a woman who is an Ethiopian jewish registered democrat they basically have given over control of the congress to the democrats by doing that why because people like mike johnson and other people in positions of authority and power in the republican part of the congress are more interested in checking boxes than in winning the culture war we've got to win the culture war we've got to have people that are willing to do what it takes now Vivek, if, you know, it depends. I if, lift up your skirt. You've, if you had to vote for Vivek or Joe Biden, who are you going with? Vivek. No, no <laughs> doubt about it. You know, Vivek. Look, Joe Biden is, or it's, you know, Chris Christie's even worse than him. Right? And again, obviously Vivek's not going to be a Republican. <laughs> not going to win the nomination. I don't think he's going to win a state. But would I like to see him do better than Nikki Haley? Yes, I would. I don't have any problem saying that. I don't right, have any problem I would, saying I would, that. I would, in fact, if Nikki Haley is Donald Trump's running mate, that's going to cause me to seriously consider there you not go. voting for There him. you go. But would you similarly not vote for Trump if Vivek was hypothetically? Hypoth- no. Now, this, we're getting out in tall grass. This is just a thought exercise. This is just a conversation. No, I would absolutely. That, that would make me want to go to the poll even more. <laughs> I'd be like, a, uh, if, if I were a Democrat, I would vote early and often. <laughs> All right. So uh, anyway, so that's, that's that story. Uh, again, I, I was surprised. I didn't expect that. I didn't expect to cover that tonight. Uh, and I didn't expect that necessarily to happen, but it did happen. And it, 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 again, I thought that made for an interesting conversation. Now, before we transition to something much more, I've been sitting on this story a year, folks, and I, I didn't want to cover it, but I, I think I will tonight, and I'll tell you why in a moment. But we've gotten so many cards and letters and uh, post-Christmas, they've, they've come in and they've just continued to pour in. And I'd just like to share a few of them. That's always fun. This uh, comes from a listener in Maryland, who writes, um, Merry Christmas uh, to you both and Happy New Year. Sorry I'm a little late getting a note off in the mail to you at the end of the year. Wanted to thank you so much for my trial subscription to the American Free Press. I was also glad to see that you're now writing a column for them. The pressure's on now. I sure hope this doesn't get too laborious in light of all of your other commitments. I'm anticipating how this will evolve. I really enjoyed your interview of Congressman Steve Stockman in the most recent issue. I was happy when Trump commuted his sentence, but I think a pardon would have been better, especially when you consider that Obama pardoned and convicted murderers and terrorists. I was also uh, surprised to see that the paper is based in Maryland. I plan to, uh, he is in Southern Maryland, he writes, and he plans to renew his subscription when it comes due. I'm really looking forward to the happenings at TPC in 2024. Of course, since it's an election year, this is really going to be interesting. Hope to meet you guys this year. Thanks for reading this. Please stay healthy and strong. We need you guys. And that comes from a listener, Keith, in Maryland. And uh, here's one from a female listener. 
in North Carolina. She writes, I enjoy every episode of The Political Cesspool. You have so many great guests, many of them I wouldn't be aware of if not for TPC. I also enjoyed the archive. It's probably too late to wish you Merry Christmas, so let me just say Happy New Year. And again, yes, uh, last, uh, last week we, you know, we featured a lot of guests that you know, perhaps people wouldn't know if it wasn't for uh, this show and, of course, their own well, work. Well, that's one of our roles. That's one of our uh, uh, you know, go-to uh, ideas behind our show. We do give an audience to people that are not in the mainstream, but who, are who should better be than the people. Absolutely, the that's the key. Certainly should be. Uh, here's another one uh, from uh, a listener. He writes, "He's in communist Maryland." He said, "A real twi- treat to hear you have Chuck Baldwin back on the show again." Yeah, and Chuck was on again right uh, a week or two before Christmas. Great guy. He, he may be on again. Who that's knows? right. We'll get him. We'll get him back. He, he's coming back. He already said. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. Exposing corruption, informing citizens, pursuing liberty. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News, I'm Tim Berg. Former President Donald Trump appealed the Colorado Supreme Court's decision removing him from the ballot to the U.S. Supreme Court. The high court quickly agreed to decide the case. Kentucky Republican Senator Rand Paul agrees with the court's decision. Without question, the Supreme Court has to hear it. When I hear that it's going to be uh, almost a month, though, until the hearing and perhaps longer to the ruling, I'm concerned that even that's too long. I think there needs to be an emergency injunction to shut down any of the states that are wanting to do this. President Biden and former President Donald Trump both hit the campaign trails on Friday as the 2024 presidential election heats up. Arkansas Republican Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders joins Fox News to discuss how red states are doing ahead of the election. States like Arkansas and other red states across the country continue uh, to excel and do well. I think this bodes very well for the election coming up in November. Uh, I think President Trump is on track. I think there is such a great contrast to what is happening in blue states led by Democrat governors. New revelations from another Jeffrey Epstein document dump. USA's Laura Winters with the details. The third batch of Jeffrey Epstein documents unsealed. The new public documents allege Epstein and his associates would target and troll nightclubs looking for teenage girls. Also, new details about Prince Andrew. His butler alleges he received daily massages at Epstein's home in Palm Beach, Florida. And we learn Epstein invoked the Fifth Amendment 500 times during a deposition in 2016. And he dodged questions about former President Bill Clinton and the Clinton Foundation. A winter storm is bringing a mix of rain and snow to New York and Washington, D.C., while Boston could get at least six inches of snow. This is USA News. Omaha Steaks is rewriting the book on burgers with an all-new handmade texture for the juiciest home-style burgers you've ever tasted. Their pure ground burgers are made from single cuts of real aged Omaha Steaks. These are truly steaks on a bun. Filet mignon, ribeye, New York strip, sirloin, and even brisket burgers. Now is the time to experience the exclusive burger perfection flight for just $79.99. Go to OmahaSteaks.com and use promo 
code TREAT at checkout to get an extra $20 off your order plus free shipping. You'll get four of each Pure Ground Burger so you can sample all the steak-on-a-bun greatness. These burgers are crafted for a juicier, more tender experience, making your mouth water with every single bite. Don't wait. Go to OmahaSteaks.com. Use promo code TREAT at checkout and get $20 off the Burger Perfection Flight and discover your new burger obsession. Minimum order may be required. Find your inner rebel at Dixie Republic, the world's largest Confederate store, located in Traveler's Rest, South Carolina. The anti-white, anti-Christ, anti-Southern world ends at the asphalt. Welcome to God's country. Log on to DixieRepublic.com to view our Southern merchandise, from flags to t-shirts to artwork. At the store, browse through our extensive collection of belt buckles and have a custom-made leather belt handcrafted in our Johnny Rebs gun and leather shop. That's DixieRepublic.com, where you can meet all of your Southern needs. While you're waiting, drop by our Confederate corner for a free cup of coffee and good conversation. Remember, there are no strangers here, just friends who haven't met yet. Dixie Republic, we're not just a roadside attraction, we're a destination for our people. For more information, visit DixieRepublic.com. The Honorable Cause of Free South is a collection of 12 essays written by Southern Nationalist authors. The book explores topics such as what is the Southern nation, what is Southern nationalism, and how can we achieve a free and independent Dixie. The Honorable Cause answers questions on our own terms. The book invites readers to understand for themselves why a free and independent Dixie is both preferable and possible. The book pulls in some of the biggest producers of pro-South content, including James Edwards, the host and creator of The Political Cesspool, and Wilson Smith, author of Charlottesville Untold, Arkansas congressional candidate and activist Neil Kumar, host and creator of the Dissident Mama podcast, Rebecca Dillingham, author of A Walk in the Park, My Charlottesville Story, Identity Dixie's Patrick Martin, and yours truly, Michael Hill, founder and president of the League of the South, as well as several other authors. The Honorable Cause is available now at Amazon.com. Instant good mood. Anytime the world may bring you down, you put in a little doo-wop. America really did peak. Uh, the South peaked in about 1861, 1862. America at large peaked about 100 years later. Uh, and boy, it's been a precipitous. Uh, I would say it peaked in 1957. All right. I said about 100 years later. About 100 years later. Well, anyway. In terms of pop culture, at least. Uh, that always makes me feel good, that kind of music, and uh, reading things like this. How about this one from a listener in Virginia? Uh, Merry Christmas, brothers. I usually listen to the show spread out over the following week and always look forward to it. You provide some of the most meaningful information and inspiration that connects me to the wire, wider European-derived world. Thank you. The variety, not the diversity, of your guests is unparalleled. Onward and upward, with Christ and for our people in 2024. Well, thank you for that. This one comes in uh, from another listener uh, who writes, congratulations on the first-rate presentation at Amrin. Yes, still hearing from people about that. Uh, and he said that uh, regretful, uh, 
regrettably, uh, some videos that I had done with Kevin McDonald have been deleted by YouTube. Yes, they had. That was actually a show that Bill Regnery, uh, it was his idea that Kevin McDonald and I do a show that featured the different uh, YouTube show. Uh, that, I moonlighted with that for about a year or two called TOQ Live, where we talked about different uh, features and uh, contributors to the Occidental Quarterly. Anyway, uh, yeah, that got... I hope somebody saved them so they can just reprint uh, well, re- them again. But uh, this one from... Uh, Publish them, I guess. Keep up the stellar work, James and Keith, from the seat of secession. So we know this listener's in South Carolina. Well, thank you so much, and we'll have something nice in the mail for you this week. There's a story that I did not want to cover. I am going to cover it, and I'll tell you why later this uh, before this hour ends. In 2022, uh, there was a Republican field operative who was working on the Herschel Walker campaign. And uh, when Walker was running for Senate in Georgia. And uh, his job, uh, I guess you could say he was like a handyman, an aide for the campaign. He did different things. And on this particular night in question, uh, he was driving Matt Schlapp uh, around from the event to a restaurant and then from a restaurant back to the hotel. Matt Schlapp is, of course, the head of the American Conservative Union, which uh, puts on CPAC every year. And allegedly, on the car ride home from the particular restaurant they were at, back to the hotel that they were both staying at, before going to a rally in Macon, Georgia, the next day, it is alleged that Matt Schlapp sexually assaulted uh, the gentleman, uh, in, we'll call him John Doe, that who was driving him, and that the assault continued for the entire drive. Um, and then John Doe tells people about this the next day. He tells the campaign they assign a new driver to Mr. Schlapp. Again, this is all alleged. Nothing's been proven in court. Uh, but what happened was a year ago, nearly to the week, I was out of town with my family on a family vacation, and, of course, I get all of the news alerts when the political cesspools in the news and there was this a big flurry about a year ago um letting us know that you know there were all these articles that were mentioning either me or the show and so i was wondering well, what is it this time so i checked and i didn't <laughs> expect it to be what it was well what happened was what happened was uh john doe had filed this lawsuit anonymously and uh, a claiming that Matt Schlapp had sexually assaulted him. And the judge had ruled that it could not proceed if he remained anonymous. He had to let his identity be known. Now, I'm sure that Schlapp's people knew who it was in advance anyway. Well, then all of a sudden, the fact that Matt Schlapp's accuser had appeared on the political cesspool a handful of times uh, over a decade ago, came to light. And what I'm guessing happened, this is just speculation, I'm just hypothesizing here, what I'm guessing happened is that uh, Schlapp's attorneys did oppo research, maybe an intrepid local news reporter did it, who knows. But the fact that right at the time that this lawsuit comes to light, that John Doe files, it uh, comes to light that he had also appeared on the political cesspool. And so you got all of these articles. This is a year ago. I said on this because I don't like to barter and gossip. I don't like to uh, engage in salacious stories. That's why I didn't tell you about it for the whole year. But it has progressed now, and we'll get to that. But uh, according to the articles, you know, the, the real 
bad people involved in this were, of course, the political cesspool, and they were using his association with us from many, many, many years ago to discredit him. Well, obviously, he has to be a bad guy. You can't trust him. He talked to James Edwards on the radio. And so this is what was coming out. And uh, so a flurry of news stories last year. It continued to be covered. Uh, now it's in the news again. I saw CNN and the Washington Post were talking about it a couple of weeks ago. Apparently, Matt Schlapp offered a settlement of hundreds of thousands of dollars while he was getting sued for $9 million for sexual assault. And the plaintiff, John Doe, didn't accept the settlement offer and then uh, actually raised what he was seeking to $13 million, I believe. And now they're in discovery. And so I just think that there's more than a 0% chance that I'm going to get subpoenaed and taken into court. I, I did because the press last year was poking around trying to find these interviews that he did. Well, I, I got ahead of it and, you know, put him to bed, if you know what I mean. Uh, but here was the thing. This guy, and I'm not going to tell you his name. You could probably find it. But I'm not. Look, he was an erstwhile guy that I knew. I thought I knew him well. And he came on, and I went back and listened to some of those interviews a year ago when this was in the news the first go-around. And he was very tactful, very eloquent in his discussion of the issues, whether it be immigration or foreign policy or whatever we were talking about on that particular night. I think he made a total of five appearances between the late 2000s and maybe 2010, 2011, something in that, in that time, time frame. And uh, he always did a good job. He also wrote a very eloquent article for us that we featured during one of our Confederate History Month series many years ago. Again, I haven't, had, I haven't talked to this guy in well over a decade, uh, but my memories of him were good. And he wrote this very you know, eloquent defense of the ideals of the South and why he was a Southern partisan and so on and so forth. So we had some things in common. Well, now that all of this has come out, of course, he... Re- He's chickened out well, as so I, many of them do. I'm not going to say that. I, I'm just going to tell you, I'm not here to add on to well, anything. I, I'll say it for myself. Then. All right. Now, it's possible that you could be in your late 20s and hold a certain set of beliefs, and then by your early 30s, you're at a polar opposite position. I don't know how that works, but yes... Especially if you work in politics. He... Regrets, of course, uh, the man he was during those years, and now his heroes are John Lewis, and he stands with Israel. And like I said, he, that shows that he has he's involved in politics because you have to give up all your principles to get ahead in today's American political landscape. Well, again, why haven't I talked about this before? Because again, I don't do that. I don't do that in situations involving people that I once knew, even if it's someone who I haven't talked to in years, and even if it's someone who is currently dis- devouring, disavowing and denouncing us. I simply don't do that. However, it is back in the news. Uh, they are entered into discovery. I guess this will soon go to trial. And I, I know, you know, I just, it's just an interest. If, if that, number one, if something like that happens, why not push the guy off? You know, I, I, you're, it's two grown men. And, you know, I've seen Matt Schlapp. He looks like, you know, Porky Pig. I don't know. And I don't know why Matt Schlapp didn't countersue. Because if somebody's alleging I did something like that, 
And it didn't, I know the courts are criminally corrupt and biased against me, but I'm at least countersuing to say, no, not only did that not happen, I'm suing you for alleging that it did. When it did. I don't know what's going on in that story. I don't want to know. <laughs> but we are in the news as a result of it. So I wanted you to hear, uh, hear it uh, from me first. Uh, but I think the teachable moment here is to have a courage. A wrestling match between two conservatives. Is what it have courage like under fire. I, I can instruct people on how to do that because I've shown it consistently for two decades. I know what it's like to have the media all over you. I've never known anything else disavowing everything you ever said or did that you think might offend the left currently whether you mean it or not uh is is not going to curry you any favor you're not going to get your job back you're not going to you know be, and he lost a job over this uh, you're, you just never recant especially when under under fire that being said, God's will be done. Let the truth be told. Courts are criminally corrupt, but we'll see what they do with this one. I, I'd expect a settlement, but if it goes to trial again, you may very well may see me on the stand. I guess we'll see. They'll use me to discredit this guy, I guess. Uh, but, you know, anyway, best of luck to both in that one. Sadly, this isn't even the first time something like this has happened uh, with, the, with the political cesspool. Uh, you go back to, um, you know, of course, the Paul Babu episode. You remember that one, Keith? You know, Keith, yeah. Keith was actually, to show you how much I didn't want to talk about this until I found out that it was in Discovery and Washington Post and CNN were covering it again. Keith didn't even know anything about this. I talked to Keith about it tonight at supper before the show. You'd never even heard about it. I haven't even told you that all this was, was brewing for the last year. Well, it's just more baloney, okay? The more you stir it, the more it stinks. It's the type of thing that we don't get involved in because we deal with real issues not of, uh, uh, you know, National Enquirer-type episodes. <laughs> Even when they tangentially involve us. Uh, we'll be right back. There is a reason, a bigger reason, for bringing all this up, and I'm going to make it in the next segment. So stay tuned. Hey there, TPC family. This is James Edwards, your host of The Political Cesspool. Folks, I want you to subscribe to the American Free Press, America's last real newspaper. Against all odds, AFP has and continues to publish a populist, independent print newspaper with an unparalleled track record. Founded by a dedicated group of experienced patriots, AFP pulls no punches and tackles the most controversial and pressing issues facing America from an America First perspective. I've worked with the American Free Press since even before the beginning of TPC. Now that's something. You can subscribe to the print edition by visiting AmericanFreePress.net today or simply pick up a handy digital edition subscription. However you do it, subscribe to the American Free Press, America's last real newspaper, by visiting AmericanFreePress.net or by calling 1-888-699-NEWS, AmericanFreePress.net. Do you know what is great about America? Ask an Immigrant. Ask an Immigrant is a new podcast dedicated to helping Americans, especially our youth, value, appreciate, and be grateful for the freedoms we have here in America. Join host Lydia Wallace-Nuttle as she interviews immigrants from around the world to discover their inspiring personal stories about why they came to America. To learn more about why America is the most prosperous, greatest country in the world, download the Loving Liberty app or go to lovingliberty.net. In the medical field, IT security is crucial. 
Our highly skilled consultants are HIPAA certified and have 20 plus years of experience servicing medical clinics, billing, and supply companies. We offer comprehensive endpoint protection, guarding your computers and servers against all stages of threats. And with our 24 7 monitoring services, you'll never worry about extensive downtime again. Ready to level up your IT support? Call 801 706 6980 today and discover how great IT services can be with managed IT services. You know, doo-wop is really a mental palate cleanser. You ever go to these fancy restaurants, Keith, where after the appetizer they bring you a palate cleanser and then you have the main course? Well, I've heard about that, but I've been to some fancy restaurants and never encountered it. I I used to be able to go to fancy restaurants. Ever since I've had kids, I've never been to a restaurant that didn't have a playground in it. Or a happy meal. (laughs) A slide. But uh, no, no, that's what that kind of music does for me, and I need it on a, a night when we're covering stories like this. So, it, it, But again, and I'll get to the point of all of this. Well, the number one point was I wanted you to hear about it first. I wanted to get out in front of this before uh, it looks like we're responding to it or being defensive. So, um, But it's not the first time something like this has happened. You go back to 2010, uh, we had uh, an interview with a guy named Sheriff Paul Babu, who was a sheriff on the Arizona border in Pinal it, it County. He was supposed to be this macho man, uh, stand-up sheriff that was uh, defending the border against uh, illegal immigration. And that, it turns out well, he was something else. Well, and we'll get to what he allegedly was. But uh, Sheriff Paul Babu enthusiastically agreed to come on our show after an extensive telephone conversation at the time with Bombardier. And the bombardier warned him that, uh, it, well, here's what I told him to convey to the guest. I said, "This tell him who we are, uh, what the media says we are, what the sheriff can expect if he comes on the show, and give him the website to check us out for himself. Bombardier did all that. He still came on. And we had a great interview with him, you know, because he was being presented as this tough-on-immigration border sheriff. And I think to an extent he was. I mean, he at least appeared to be, uh, you know, in terms of actions. Uh, but then, of course, the the rest of the, the story, pre- well, as, as Paul Harvey used to say, and now for the rest of the story. The press came down on him hard for coming on, and he immediately disavowed, saying he didn't know anything about us or what we stood for. Now, that's a lie because I make sure I don't put people in a compromising situation. The Donald Trump thing was a little different because they solicited the appearance on the show after they had given me press credentials and after I'd been vetted by Secret Service. But that is the only time I can think of when we had a guest on for the first time where I didn't go through the facts and the facts of what could happen and be sure to check us out and make sure you don't have any issues. I don't like putting people in a situation where they have to answer and be put in a situation where they feel as though they have to cut tail and run. So we didn't do that here either. And um, he immediately disavowed us that he didn't know anything about it, which was a lie. It was a lie. Uh, but the he was then later brought in to testify before the House Judiciary Committee in uh, in Congress. And during that hearing, that's when, of course, Congress disavowed us the first time. It's happened a couple of times. 
But they grilled him about his appearance on the political cesspool. Well, interestingly, between the time of his first appearance on the show and his uh, appearance at the House Judiciary Committee hearing that day, efforts uh, were made, you know, that day, of course, to have him disavow and separate himself from his appearance on the show. But it had come out in the press between his appearance on the show and his time, uh, his day in, in, in the hearing that he was carrying on a homosexual relationship with an illegal alien. Now, this was reported in the press. Not one, but several. The Allegedly. Well, what I know is his Mexican ex-lover said that the sheriff threatened to deport him if he came, if he went public with their... Um, the particulars of their relationship. And this was covered by a wide number of news outlets. Now, again, had we known he was such a hypocrite as well as a degenerate, we would have never invited him on the show to begin with because he's unworthy of our audience. If anyone was sullied by his appearance on our show, it was us. But let me, let me but, say But something. i got to say this, and then to you, Congress didn't have any problem with the fact that this guy presenting himself as the tough on the, the immigration sheriff was engaging in this kind of behavior. But they did have a problem with the fact that he came on the show. And that's the thing going on here with the Schlapp situation is, well, we really got him now. He came on the political cesspool. Well, what a sorry situation we have in America today where it is considered more defamatory and worse for your reputation to be in a conversation with someone whose politics are a little further to the right than the mainstream wants as opposed to being a uh, homosexual uh, uh, degenerate, which is basically what he was accused of being. It's better in the eyes of the mainstream today to be a homosexual than it is to be a right Well, and not even a homosexual. I mean, even forget that. But I, I'm saying, you know, you're, you're the tough on the border sheriff, but you're with, with an illegal alien. I, I mean, that, that's the real, where the real hypocrisy yeah, comes. Yeah, the, he well, never said he, he wasn't a homosexual, but he, anyway, but then it came out in ABC News and the Huffington Post dug even deeper. Before he was a sheriff, he was a headmaster at an all-boys school, and it was alleged by his own sister that he was having relationships with the students. Now, uh, so again, what, what, we, a, what a hero for the right. Well, See, I mean, you, you have to really look into these things. All these people that are portrayed as being, you know, great uh, stalwart heroes for conservative causes. Believe me, you need to do some research ahead of time. So we're being similarly sullied by the media coverage on the Schlapp story. That, that's the thing. And here's the statement I want to make to close this hour and to, to really just be very firm on this with regards to this or any situation where we're being attacked by the press. And, you know, again, interestingly, all of these people that are engaged in all sorts of uh, activities like this, I think we're the ones who have our reputation intact and uh, perhaps not the other way around. But I am proud to say, and let this be on the record, and this is the final statement I'll make about this and whatever comes of the Schlapp trial, I will not say another word about it on this program. But I do want to say this in response to the coverage that we've been getting here and there over the course of the last year. I am proud to say that this radio program is pro-white. We have seen the destructive efforts of forcing different races and cultures into close association with one another, and we have seen that in almost every instance, white people suffer terrible consequences from it. We don't hate anybody because of their skin color. You know, that's what the, the left likes to say. But we think that all people, including and especially from our perspective, white people, have the right of free association with their own kind without being insulted or threatened. We deplore violence, save for self-defense. We wish the best for all people, but we are especially concerned with the welfare and existence of our people, just as 
Jewish individuals are especially concerned with the welfare and existence of Jewish people. And just as blacks are especially concerned with the welfare and existence of black people, there are congressional caucuses, there are breakout groups at the Southern Baptist Convention, at the Republican National Conventions, for every ethnicity under the sun, save for the people who actually go to the churches and the people who actually vote Republican, save for white people. When someone wants to establish a white advocacy group or a radio program or whatever, they are immediately and viciously pounced upon and subjected to the most vilest venom and toxic rhetoric imaginable. But we here, we reject those notions that white people are not entitled to advocacy and are not entitled to the benefits of ethnic cohesiveness enjoyed by every other race. Period. No apologies. Well, according to the mainstream, they would rather be known as pro-homosexual than pro-white. We are proudly going to stand on being pro-white. That's where we are, and if you don't like it, don't let the door hit you in the ass when you leave. All right, so that is our final statement on that. If you see it in the news and you expect us to, to talk about it again, we won't. If I have to go to court, I won't talk about it uh, anymore. But I think, you know, resolutely, we are very secure in our positions. We are right on the issues. Nobody who has ever associated us with us should have anything to apologize for for that association. It is something that they should be proud of. And uh, the fact that, you know, I get it. You know, and, it's the, easy and, the, to, and the left keeps trying to make it a toxic uh, matter for some reason. But nobody in the real public, the real American public, buys into it. If you buy into it, you have basically sold your soul to the left. Well, that's it. And so that's the hammer. That's the gauntlet that we wanted to lay down during the first hour of the first show of the new year. And from that position... We will move forward. We got a great guest coming on this next hour. I think you're going to be thoroughly entertained with what he has to say. It's an issue we haven't covered, and I look forward to learning a little bit more about it myself. It's an issue, and his thoughts on the issue are something that I've never really wrapped my head around before, but I certainly want to give people an opportunity to exercise their freedom of speech and uh, have a, a go at it. Uh, but he is nothing if not charismatic and, again, very interesting Heyman Matajeda is going to be our guest. He is the president and the founder of the Freedom Law School. Got a big event coming up in Orlando, Florida, February 2nd through the 5th. We'll be talking about all of that and his signature issue in the next hour. And by the way, I'll be there. I'll be there. Lauren Witzke will be there. Stu Peters and many others are going to be there at this event February 2nd through the 5th. So if you want to... During the break, before we come back with you live in a few minutes to kick off our second hour, you can get your tickets at the, here's the website, RestoreFreedomRally.org. RestoreFreedomRally.org. They have the entire back cover, the entire page, uh, front and bottom, above and below the fold of the most recent issue of the American Free Press advertising this event that I will be speaking at and the founder of the organization hosting it, Payman Marajeda, is going to be our guest making his first appearance. We'll look forward to introducing him to you next. Stay tuned, everybody. James Edwards, Keith Alexander, first show of the year 2024. Here we go. Here we come. Are you ready, Keith? I'm ready. <laughs> oh, I got to say one more thing before we wrap up this hour. Happy birthday, Keith Alexander. It's Keith's birthday today, ladies and gentlemen. We've got to say, how old are you today, Keith? Can we tell 73. 73. Doesn't look a day over 40. Day over 72. <laughs>
Happy birthday, Keith Alexander. 73 years young today and here with us on the night of his birth. Stay tuned, everybody.